This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. You're welcome again. Um, it's always a pleasure to, to gather together with our saints. Um, like we like to say, it's, it's the biggest assembly of is the most powerful assembly of people upon the earth when saints gather um and on saturdays we have we have begun talking about prophecy and we'll be talking about prophecy throughout the month of february so this is just another installment in that um i, I trust the lord to to take it a little higher um wonderful time last last week um and we just um trust the lord to to see one or two things or five things um about prophecy so I, I i kind of broke things down into like five sections that i hope um the lord helps to to complete within this within this time that we have hallelujah Hosea chapter 12. we're talking about prophecy Hosea chapter 12. so last week um we began talking about how that God's ways are higher than man's ways and God's thoughts are higher than God's thoughts. Um, man's, God's ways are higher than, than man's ways and his thoughts are higher than, than our thoughts. And um, we were made to understand that that was not um, God bragging, that was just the truth. Uh, because he has his ways. You see, God has his ways and, and he calls us to come up either to that way um, as Christians, he constantly calls us to that way. And just that exact kind of thing is what he did um, speaking through the prophet Uzziah and talking about Ephraim or Israel in this place. Um, the Lord focuses on some evil things that he did. And the evil things really um, centered around self-dependence. <clears throat> centered around self-dependence. You know, many times we think we can just live life by our own power and live life our own way and live through this life. Um, just we know what to do. We know how to do it. We just run through life. And God, as it were, cautioned Ephraim about it. I, I would not like to go through all of it, but I'll just show some few things right there. Hosea chapter 12. We'll start from verse 1. Um in verse 1, we see that this is God tackling Ephraim. He says, Ephraim feeds on wind. That is, he feeds on emptiness. He feeds on emptiness. He follows after the east wind. I'm not going to read, like I mentioned. I'm going to paraphrase mostly from 1 to 9. He says, he follows after the east wind. He increases lies and violence. He makes ephemeral agreements with Egypt for protection. This is what the Lord is, is questioning him about. This is what the Lord is cautioning him about. He's saying he's, he's making agreements with Egypt. And because of that, he's constantly looted. That his oil is being carried away to Egypt. He's constantly looted. He's increasing lies and violence because he's trying to do it by his own way. He's feeding on the wind. Is feeding on dross, is feeding on emptiness. Verse 3 says that 
he, he began to talk about more things that he has been doing in his own power. He said he chanced his brother in the womb. We all know that story. God is bringing it up again to him. He says, this is the kind of person that you are. He says, you chanced your brother in the womb. By your strength, you even had power with God. Just trying to show this guy his life. Verse 7, he calls him a cheat. He says he loves to oppress and to exploit people. Verse 12 is very funny. He says he, he, says he even served for a wife. He, he tried everything. He served years even to get a wife, thinking he can do it in his own strength. He can do it in his own power. Serve to get a wife. He's a cheat. He's always oppressing and exploiting people. Look at God's admonition to him from verse 6. He says, Therefore, turn thou to thy God. Keep mercy and judgment and wait on thy God continually. This is where God wants him to be. Like we said at the beginning, God wants us to take his ways. He wants us to take his thoughts. He says, stay upon your God. He says, turn thou to your God. Keep mercy and judgment and wait on your God continually. Verse 10. He says, I have also spoken by prophets. I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Verse 13. He says, by prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by prophet, was he preserved? This is what the Lord is saying. You see, I have run this world. I have run everything through the ministry of prophets. I have run this world through prophecy. You can't be running by your own self. You can't be running by your own power. You can't be running by the things that you think you can do. Getting things by how you think that they are supposed to be done in your own power. He says, I do it through prophecy. God says, I do this through prophecy. I want you to be a person of prophecy. I want you to be stable on prophecy. I want you to stay with my word. I want you to be stayed on prophecy. Prophecy can sustain you. Hallelujah. I am enough to bring you out and sustain you is what the Lord is saying. You don't have to do things by your own scheme. You don't have to do things by your own power. I sustain by prophecy. I have power enough to bring out. I bring out by prophecy and I sustain also by prophecy. That's God's admonition to him. So he wants him to be a person of prophecy. So first thing, what exactly is prophecy? What does the Bible teach us about prophecy? If God wants our lives to be guided like this, if God wants to lead us this way, if God wants our life to be positioned on prophecy, living through prophecy, it says by, by prophet, he brought them out. By prophet, he preserved them. So there is no going out of it. We have to stick with these boundaries. What exactly is prophecy? And across the scripture, we'll see a number of things that, that talks about prophets, prophecies, or prophecy itself. One of the first things that we should know about prophecy is that, it, 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 what is prophecy? One, it's foretelling or prediction of, of future events. Foretelling. Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. I'm just going to review some verses to explain what prophecies are as we go ahead. Mark chapter 13 from verse 1. And I like Mark 
rendering because i'm going to point out some things about prophecy there so that we as we go along it makes sense from verse one and as he went out that is jesus out of the temple one of his disciples said unto him master see what manner of stones and what buildings are here see what manner of stones and what buildings are here so they are telling him to look at something Look at what Jesus says. Jesus answered and said, Seest thou these buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. There shall not be one that shall not be thrown down. He says, See, do you see these buildings? There is another revelation about this thing. There is another thing about this building that you do not yet know. And you see this constantly with prophecy that prophecy is from revelation, is from another kind of knowledge. Verse 3 And he sat upon the mountain of olives against the temple. Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately. He says, Tell us. That's another thing you see with prophecy. Prophecy has to do first with revelation, then has to do with a telling. It's being said. He says, Tell us. When shall these things be? That's another thing about prophecy. So there is seeing, there is the telling, there is when. He says, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign? When all these things shall be fulfilled. That's another thing about prophecy. Prophecy ends in a fulfillment. So it comes from revelation. It is being said and certainly for it to be prophecy, it has to come to pass. Just wanted to use that to explain it. And Jesus answering them began to say, like I said, began to say, take it. And, and he went on to say things. What am I trying to point out here? Verse 23. He says, but take it, behold, I have foretold you of things. So Jesus from this point began to tell them a number of things about the end time. Well, Mark 24 tells us what exactly he spoke about to them. He says that the, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto, unto all nations, and then the end shall come. Really talking about what he was going to do. Mark 26, which Matthew 23, which kind of ends the discussion, says, they came to pass when Jesus had finished this saying, he said unto his disciples, that is that saying about the end time, that saying about all that is going to be. He says, you know that after two days is the feast of Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. So, all of this was leading to what he was going to do. So, prophecy is foretelling. Jesus said, I have foretold you. So, that's prophecy. What again is prophecy? Prophecy is divinely inspired predictions. Divinely inspired predictions. Instructions or exhortation. Divinely inspired, of course, like we read from the beginning, it comes from a revelation, so it has to be inspired. It's supernatural, it has to be inspired. It's a divinely inspired prediction. First Peter chapter 1, from verse 10. We're going to use this a lot um, as we go on today. First Peter chapter 1, from verse 10. He says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, which prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. These predictions, they made predictions about the grace that should come to you. There was something that was at work in them and they were making predictions towards it. He says, searching what? 
or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify. When he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Upon whom it was revealed and not unto themselves, but unto us, they minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things angels desire to link unto. He says, Wherefore, take up, guard up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope for the end, for that grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, because of these predictions, because of these things that the apostle, uh, the prophets have mentioned, he said they made certain predictions that can now make you guard up your loins, knowing about this grace that is come to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus. So they made predictions. We're going to look at those kind of things that they predicted about. Of course, we can see it here that they were searching and he prophesied of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So their prediction was centered around this. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 20. He says, knowing this, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time, but the will of man. So you see, it's divinely inspired. It did not come from a man. It did not come by the will of a man. It came, he says, but only men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So it's divinely inspired prediction, exhortation or instructions. Hallelujah. The third thing is that it's divinely inspired utterance. And you see, a lot of people miss out on this. This is perhaps, as a matter of fact, the very first mention of prophecy or prophets or anything in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 20 and verse 7, where God was talking to the king and said that Abraham is a prophet. This was the first time it was used. And it was used in the context of it being a divinely inspired utterance. This guy does make utterances. This guy can speak things to you. It's divinely orchestrated utterance. This guy can give you something. He says he's a prophet and he will pray for you. Hallelujah. He will say things and things will go well. That's also prophecy. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14 says, Neglect not the gift of God that is in you that was given you by prophecy, by divine utterances, by divinely inspired utterances. I'm also going to go to Ezekiel 34 later on. But Ezekiel 37 rather, and verse 4 says that God brought Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones and he said, Prophesy unto these bones. And say unto them, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy unto them that they speak inspiredly. So it's not predicting anything. It's not, it's not, it's not exactly giving an, an exhortation or a prediction. It, but he's speaking to things. And we'll see, and last week we began to look at that and saying that that is perhaps the most important things for us Christians. Because the office of the prophets has changed. And as newborn as, as new creatures, this is the type that we ought to be functioning well. He says, it's also divinely inspired utterance. And the fourth thing about it, so what is prophecy? It's also a faculty of the office of the prophet. So you see that the office of the prophet comes with, with gifts, comes with certain things to run that office. But like Moses said, that I wish that all God's people are prophets. I wish that the Spirit of God comes upon every single one of them. That thing was already fulfilled in 
that prophecy of Joel has also been fulfilled that God has poured out his spirit upon all flesh. So, although it's the faculty of the office of the, of the prophet, we also all have it. We all have a role to play. Because it's from the inspiration of God's spirit that now lives in us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried on to these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit called Jesus are cursed. It says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but the same God which works all in all. So it's the same God which works in everybody to express all the gifts. Hallelujah. This same God, this same spirit, this same Lord is overall. Hallelujah. Verse 7, very important. It says, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man. You see that? To every man to profit with all. The manifestation of the spirit this unveiling of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all for the common good hallelujah it says for one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom another word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another working of miracles to another prophecy verse 11 he says but all these works that one and the self same spirit dividing severally to every man as he wills so if we have the holy spirit we all have access to this we all have access to prophecy because we are trying to demystify prophecy it it's something that belongs to all of us the bible says it's for the common good the one who is administering it the one who is giving it is the same one that is at work in all of us and he works all the gifts in everybody hallelujah he says the manifestation is given to everyone to profit everybody hallelujah so we are people of prophecy we all can and we all should hallelujah we all should prophesy first corinthians 14 and verse 1 it says desire spiritual gifts it says but rather that you may prophesy it says follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts but rather that you may prophesy so god intends for us to prophesy you see some people have things against prophecy i don't and you shouldn't God wants us to prophesy. Like we said, we are demystifying. You are going to see what it is. Like we said at the beginning, it can be prediction about future events. And thank God that we can predict certain things. It's divinely inspired predictions, instructions and exhortations. It's also divinely inspired utterance. We all have this. Hallelujah. What then is the purpose of prophecy? So I go to the second thing. So what is the purpose? So we know what it is. What is the purpose of prophecy? We already read it. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. It says it's for the common good. It says it's to bless, to edify, to exhort. Hallelujah. It's for the common good. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. To profit every single person. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. It says, He that prophesies speaks unto men unto edification, exhortation and comfort. This is what prophecy is meant for. Prophecy is meant for good. Is meant to exhort. Is meant to edify. Is meant to comfort. Why is it all good? Nothing bad about it at all. Yes, actually. 
what is the purpose of prophecy? Revelations chapter 19. Hallelujah. Revelations chapter 19. I'll read verse 10. Of starting from verse 9. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou that thou do not. Don't do it. I am thy fellow servant and of your brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. I like this. That have the testimony of Jesus. He says, worship God instead. Worship God. Don't worship me. Don't fall down at my feet. He says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. This is the essence of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. The testimony of Jesus is the essence of all prophecy. We read what the, the, the old prophet said. They prophesied of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. This is the essence of prophecy. is to testify of Jesus. This is the essence. This is the main thing about prophecy. That's why it's all good. It testifies of Jesus. It brings out the testimony of Jesus. The International Standard Version puts it like this. It says, what Jesus is saying is the essence of prophecy. Is the spirit of prophecy. What Jesus is saying, hallelujah. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit, is the essence of prophecy. The Amplified says, his life and his teaching are the very heart of prophecy. Jesus' life, Jesus' teaching, are the essence so this is what we are interacting with when we prophesy we are interacting with his life we are interacting with his teaching we are interacting with his testimony he says the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy what is that testimony what is that testimony first peter chapter one we read it earlier first peter chapter one hallelujah from verse 10 Hallelujah. He says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. He says, this is what they were searching. They searched what manner of time the spirit that was in Christ was signifying when he testified beforehand. This is the testimony. This is what it was testifying beforehand. He says, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow Hallelujah. The sufferings of Christ. This is the testimony. It's about his death. His burial and his resurrection. The completed work. The finished work of Christ. This is what was the essence of what was coming out of their mouth. He says they were searching. This spirit of Christ in them were signifying. When he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. And the glory that should follow. The glory that should follow. It was speaking about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Hallelujah. This is that testimony. This is that testimony that is the essence of prophecy. Galatians 3 from verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. It says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
that we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. The end is that we receive the promise of the spirit. What he has been signaling all along. What he has been testifying all along. And is about the man in Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 8 tells us that the scripture foreseeing that God will justify the hidden through faith is the justification by faith. This is the testimony of Jesus. Justification by faith. That man in Christ. The indwelling of God's spirit in man. That is the testimony of Jesus. That's what the spirit has been signaling. That's what the spirit has been talking about all the way back. It's about eternal life. That is the testimony. That's why it's all good. It's all wrapped around the testimony of Jesus. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. From verse 9. He says, if we receive the witness of men, he says, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God. This is the testimony of God, which he had testified of his son. This is the testimony of Jesus according to God. This is what God testifies of his son. He says, he that believes on the son of God hath this witness in himself. He that believes not God has made him a liar because he has, he has not that record that God gave of his son. This is the testimony that God gave of his son. So we are reading God's testimony of Jesus. He says, and this is the record, hallelujah. This is the testimony, this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. This is that testimony of Jesus that is the spirit of prophecy. He says that God has given us eternal life and this life is in the Son. He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son has not life. He says, these things have I written unto you that you might believe on the name of the Son of God. He says that you may know that you have eternal life. See, there is something you've got to know about this. There is something you have to know about the testimony of Jesus that puts spring upon your feet. That tells you, that makes you confirm that the sufferings of Christ has passed. And is the glory that is following. All glory that follows, eternal life that has followed, that is the essence of prophecy. Those are the things that will be coming out of your mouth when you prophesy. This is the essence of prophecy. The life is in his son. He that has the son has life. This is the record. This is the testimony. To magnify this truth is the essence of prophecy. To any prophecy that does not magnify this truth, that does not reinforce the fact that we are, we have eternal life, that does not reinforce the fact that Christ has died and there is something that has followed, that there is something called the new man, that is not prophecy. It's, it's a lie. Prophecy is testimony of Jesus. That is the essence. That is the purpose of prophecy. Is to magnify this truth. Is to magnify this. Hallelujah. I'm sure right now you can begin to cut out those prophecies that you probably have heard. Because it doesn't testify of him. It doesn't speak of our victory in Christ. It doesn't speak of what Jesus has done for us. Because the essence of prophecy is to magnify this truth. Is to magnify this truth. So somebody will say, but the Spirit of God is with us. He speaks. We have people talking about different things. Does the Spirit really speak new things? Does the Holy Ghost speak of new things? 
Let's look at it from the scripture. We go back to that first Peter chapter one. What is the spirit for? And we'll see that the spirit doesn't speak new things. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter one and verse 12. We read it earlier. He says, unto whom it was revealed, that not to themselves, but unto us did they minister the things which are now reported to you by them that have preached the gospel, that is the apostles, that have now preached the gospel to you. These things about the sufferings of Christ and the glory that you follow are now are the things that have been reported to you by those who have preached the gospel. Hallelujah. Unto you. Look at the next thing. He says, with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. This is the same thing the Holy Ghost is doing. He is speaking to this fact. He is testifying and witnessing to this truth that Christ has died and that eternal life has come unto us. This is the same thing. He says, those that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Acts chapter 5, the same thing. Acts chapter 5, from verse 30. It's even bigger here. He says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on the tree. Him had God exalted with his right hand to the prince, to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. Verse 32, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. We are witnesses of these things. Even so, the Holy Ghost this is what he's doing. He's testifying. He's magnifying this truth. Hallelujah. First John chapter 5 and verse 6. He says the spirit is that witness. The spirit bears. It is the spirit that bears witness to these things. John chapter 16. John chapter 16. It's the spirit that bears witness. The spirit is witnessing of these things. He's not speaking his own. We're going to see it now. John chapter 16 and verse 18. It says, I'll be the spirit of truth is truth is shall not speak of himself, he shall not speak of his own authority. He says, But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Thank God he can show us things to come, but he's within a bandwidth, he's within something. He says he will show you things to come. Verse 14, he shall glorify me. Hallelujah. Jesus is speaking, he says, He shall glorify me. For he shall receive all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, is, I said that he shall take of mine and he will show it unto you. This is what the Spirit is for. When we prophesy through him, these are the things that we are magnifying. We have to magnify this truth. I know we have charlatans here and there. People that have become detectives in the kingdom. So and so has gone to hell. So and so is going to hell. You see, that's not what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is not speaking new things. The Spirit is speaking of the things that are finished. Hallelujah. All prophecy must glorify Him. He shall not speak of Himself. He will speak of these things. When He's coming out of your mouth, He's going to be speaking of these victories, of this eternal life, of the victory of the new man. That's what the Spirit is. He will show you things to come in that bandwidth. He will show you things to come in this way. He will not do his own things. He will take of mine and show it unto you. Hebrews chapter 1. 
Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1. God who has sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Speaking in time past by the prophets. As in these last days spoken, hallelujah, unto us in his son, whom he has appointed the heir, the owner of all things, by whom also he made the world. He says, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had put our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. You see, God has spoken already. Hallelujah. God has finished speaking anything new. God has spoken. All things led to Jesus and the kingdom. It led to the event of his dying, his burial, and his resurrection, and the glory that follows after that. That was the end of his speaking. The Spirit is not speaking anything new. So, like we said, we are demystifying prophecy. As we go ahead and, and we are going to be speaking today, the things that are going to be coming out of your mouth, they have got to be things that magnify this truth. Prophecy will be to do the glory that follows. Hallelujah. The glory that follows. Chapter 24. You know, Jesus met those guys on the way to Emmaus and was speaking unto them. He says, Then he said unto them, All fools and slow are to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He says, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? He says, I'm beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expanded unto them in all those scriptures the things concerning himself. The things concerning himself. Verse 46. He says, and he said unto them, Thus it is written, and it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name amongst all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send you the promise of the Father. He said, but tarry that you, until you be endued with power from a night. This is what the Spirit is going to do. This is what prophecy will do for us. It will help us to be witnesses. It will help us to be proofs. It will help us to be living witnesses, to be living examples and tutors, to be living witnesses of these finished works of Christ, to help us preach his forgiveness, to help us exhibit the faculty of the tongue. First Corinthians chapter 2, the faculty of the tongue. You see, we said it from the beginning that we can't have prophecy without speaking. So it comes from a revelation and then we have to speak those things. We have to speak those things. So now we know what it is and we know what the essence of it is. First Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 10. Hallelujah. He says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. What eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard. God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. He says, for what man knows the things of the man, save the spirit of the man that is in him. Even so, God's things don't know man, but the spirit of God. He says, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. Remember, he said he will show you things to come, that we might know these things. He says, which things also we speak, Master Dean. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in that which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. So these things that the Spirit reveals to us, this revelation, this inspiration that we get, must be spoken. This is how the inner working of the Spirit will hit this world. 
This is how we relate this material world through the faculty of the tongue. Our tongue is so important. Our mouth cannot be shut. We must keep speaking what he reveals. We have already said what he can reveal. He will reveal things that are of Jesus. He will take of mine and show it unto you. He will reveal these finished works. These things, these finished works must be on our mouth. That will be prophecy. Our mouth is the agent, is that tool that God uses to bring his finished work to life. You see, that he has done it is good. But we might never experience it if we don't keep speaking. If we don't keep talking, we might never experience this thing. This is why prophecy is so important. It's so important that we are speaking inspiredly all the time. It's so important that these things that the Spirit of God is revealing to us, even as we are gathered here, we are going to be talking them out. We've got to speak them. To live in the supernatural, we've got to be speaking. Hallelujah. We've got to be speaking. Christianity is not about being quiet. Christianity is a shouting religion. It's a shouting way of life. It's a shouting people. We are people who constantly speak. You see, in Acts 2, from verse 1 to verse 4, and you read, if you read, on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come and the Spirit came unto them, the first thing that you see that happened there, the first demonstration of it is that God taught that faculty of the speech. God taught the tongue. You see, because the Holy Spirit can come. The, because what they received, what came was power. What God promised them, what Jesus promised them was power. But where is tongues coming from? You see, because the mouth must be open. If you must experience that power, if you must experience that victory, if you must experience that thing, the Spirit of God must open your mouth and give you all chance and you must speak those things. The mouth was the first thing that God opened. This is how everything will come together as we go about speaking. As we go about speaking. Proverbs 15 and verse 4. It says a healthy tongue is a tree of life. It says, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. A healthy tongue is a tree of life. A healthy tongue is a tree of life. What is a healthy tongue? Proverbs 4 and verse 22 tells us, it says, my son attends to my words, incline thy ears unto my saying. He says, they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. It's talking about the same thing. It's mapei in the Hebrew. It says, it's mapei, it's medicine to their flesh. He says, let your mouth, a healthy tongue, a tongue that constantly speaks my word, is a tree of life. It's a life in which you will constantly see the supernatural. He says, but perverseness in the tongue is a breach in the spirit. Perverseness therein, perverseness in the mouth. He said, we've got to caution our mouth. We've got to be speaking the right things because we are people of prophecy, hallelujah. The word of God we know is already inspired. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16 tells us that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So when we put God's word in our mouth, we are speaking prophecy. We are talking prophecy. We are prophesying. The word of God in our mouth is prophecy. And we've got to keep it that way. We've got to keep the word of God on our lips. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ezekiel chapter 37. I said we're going to come here. Because we've got to put this thing on our tongue. Ezekiel 37. Hallelujah. See, this is how to function in prophecy. Because I'm already in the last thing. The, the fifth thing I was going to talk about. How then do we function in it? 
Ezekiel 37, from verse 1. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he carried me by the Spirit. He carried me in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. Hallelujah. And caused me to pass by round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. Does our life sometimes look like this? Do things around us sometimes look like this? Where some things are not just walking. Things are not just moving. God is in that place. Yet, things are very dry. He says, verse 3, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. You see, that's what we do many times. We wait on the Lord. We say, God, only you knows. Only you can do this. Oh, you are the mighty God. You are great I am. We go all around in circles, but do not do what we ought to do. Lord, only you know it. No, that's not what God said. It's not just me that knows. Many times we try to push things on God. Look at what God said to him. He says, and he said unto him in verse 3, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones. Speak unto these bones. Don't tell me that I know. You've got to do something about it. There is something at work in you. The spirit of the living God is at work in you. Prophesy to these dry bones. And say unto them, Oh, you dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. That's what you ought to do about situations. That's what you ought to do about life. That's what you ought to do about everything. Everything that you have seen from the word of God. We said that they testified of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. There is something that, that pertains to your life. There is glory that is on you. Right now, the man in Christ is a man full of God's glory, full of God's power, full of God's splendor. But you see, you might never see anything until you start speaking them. It's the son of man prophesy unto these bones that they live. Verse 5 it says, God said the Lord unto these bones. That's what you are going to say. Behold, I will cause breath to come into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with the skin and put breath in you and you shall live. For you shall know that I am the Lord. He says, you have to speak that word. God was there and God was not going to speak it. God knew what to say, but he wanted a man to talk it. He wanted his man to say it. He says, this is what the Lord says unto you, dry bones. He says, you will come alive. Hallelujah. That's what we are going to do today. We are going to take God's word in our mouth and push on things. Hallelujah. Verse 7. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. You see, it's by the word of God. It's the word of God that gives a force to what you are prophesying. We have already said it that the word of God is inspired. He says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Hallelujah. And behold, the shaking and the bones came together. Dry bones. They came together. You see, that thing that you are thinking will not work, it will work by the power of God. There is no stopping you when you begin to function this way. We are people of prophecy. This is our life. We will bear the testimony of Jesus. We constantly speak this way. He says, I prophesied and there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together. Bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came together, and the skin covered them. Verse 9. So then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, because there was no life in them. He says, prophesy unto the wind, 
We have seen prophesy to the bones, prophesy to the wind. The same thing you can do. You prophesy to your health. You prophesy to that business. You prophesy to that child. You prophesy to that thing, that career, that in the name of Jesus, you move forward because it's from a revelation of the word of God. The revelation is about a glory that follows. The revelation is of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It's about what Jesus has accomplished for us. That is the essence of prophecy. Hallelujah. How do we function in it? We speak. We keep speaking. And that's what we are going to do. And that's why 1 Corinthians 14 is laid with many of these. Saying, speak. And how do we speak? We read that in 1 Corinthians 2. That we speak. Since these things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but in that which the Holy Ghost teaches. We have to speak it the way the Holy Ghost teaches it. And one of the ways that he did it, just like he opened their tongue, and the Bible says they began to speak with tongues. Tongues is the entrance to all things. It's the entrance to this prophecy. It's the entrance to everything. Speaking with tongues. We are going to be people that speak in tongues a lot. People of prophecy are people that speak in songs a lot. First Corinthians 14 tells us, it says, I would that you all speak with songs, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaks with tongues, that the church may receive edification. So how then do you do it? First Corinthians 14 and verse 12. He says, even so you, for as much as you, you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. That is, seek to prophesy. Wherefore, let him that speaks in an own tongue pray that he may interpret. As you are praying in tongues, interpretation will come. He says, Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, I will pray with the understanding also. The understanding comes after. That's what is prophecy. It comes from a mind that has been flooded with tongues. Flooded with the word of God. Flooded speaking with tongues. And that's how we are going to be. Speaking with tongues and ending in prophecy. Of course, armed by the word of God. Because this is the purpose. It's all to edify. Is all to exalt, is all to glorify the word, is all to glorify Jesus. He will take up mine and show it unto you. Hallelujah. See, God wants to lead us to victories, God wants to make us successful through all things. Doesn't want us to lean on our own mind and, and our own understanding to go through life, but for us to function through prophecy. We are going to go ahead right now and begin to speak the word of God. Take the word of God and put on your lips and begin to prophesy. He says, Son of man, prophesy to the dry bones, prophesy to the wind. Take the word of God and speak it. Take the word of God and speak it. In the name of the Lord Jesus.